Hi guys, I'm Deputy Editor Britt Smith and welcome to One on One, a podcast where we feature open, dynamic conversations with your favorite menstrual personalities. Contributor Charles Thorpe recently interviewed Israel Adesanya, one of the most dominant fighters in the UFC right now. Adesanya got handed about the hill sprint workout he likes to call a soul destroyer. The perks of being friends with The Rock, spoiler, it's being gifted French toast, and his hopes of getting into the Hollywood circuit, starring opposite legends like Keanu Reeves. Without further ado, here's Israel Adesanya. Let's talk about this last fight in particular, man. You know, going up against somebody that you've you've already bested. You know, how do you find that, I guess, that next level? You know, because again, you're you're coming out, you're already on top, you've already beat this guy. Yeah. How do you approach preparing for this fight? Uh, it makes it easier, but at the same time also makes it slight. I put this, for me, I put this pressure on myself to make it slightly harder. So that way it gets me up, you know what I mean? Um, so for me, I put this pressure on myself where I can't lose this fight. I already beat this guy, so I can do it in a more impressive fashion. I just put that on myself, and I guess through experience, I'm just able to, you know, overcome. Was the training camp for this any different than what you had done in the past? Were there any changes that you made going into this fight? We brought back some old weapons we might need to use, and also we um just always upgrading. We're always upgrading. But um, in the first fight, I didn't even use our game plan. You know, I just called an audible on my team, trust me enough to trust my judgment. And I wish I did that more in this fight because there was times when in this fight I felt like I was comfortable Southpaw, way more comfortable Southpaw. And I should have just called an audible, but I thought, no, you know what? Stick to the game plan like you said. But I just didn't want to call another audible, but I think I should have. You're learning and you're adapting and you're getting better. So I feel like you'll just be better for the next time knowing to take that audible, you know? Exactly. If I see him another time, but I mean, it's already been twice now. I'm going to see that fight again. I'm like, all right, next. Yeah, what do you say about the the people who are calling for a third one for whatever reason? Well, four. Yeah. It's just, I, all they want is just, they want me to lose. They just think like, oh, this was, this might be the guy. He's the next best, you know? But I'm like, I already beat him twice. I knocked him out the first time and I bested him the second time. So, yeah. Moving on. Exactly. Next. Next Walter. chapter. Yeah. You mentioned the team. I'd love to just hear the team that you've gathered, the people that you trust, the people that you have in your corner. Yeah, it's just that um, I have people for me who are smarter than me, who know the game a lot better than me, and they know how to like. They all have a role. Everyone in my team has a role and adds value to my game or to my life. Even this guy here with the camera, he's he's all right. Huh. I just have to have the right people around me because everything has been moving so fast, even through COVID. Not as fast as I'd like. I still keep the same energy and see people around me. I won't have you break down your entire schedule, but can you give me a rough idea of what a training week might look for you going into a fight like this? Oh, yeah. This one we started in last year, I think November. But I've just been training. I mean, the the we went to another lockdown in Auckland. August last year, for about three months. So me and my my best friend Chance, we he's my my roommate as well. Just did like prison style workouts at home, and that's what got me jacked. And he's a former personal trainer, so he got me pretty swole. There's a lot that can be done with those body weight workouts. Yeah. So how did you guys? Was it just like hundreds of push ups, uh, sit ups, or he, just, he has some equipment at, at the house? So. Like I said, he's a former PT, so he just tells me, jump, and I say, how high? Um, so just lifting, using some TRX stuff on the doors, push-ups, yes. Um, yeah, just a lot of sandbag stuff that he has. It works. 
that just rolled onto my camp. So I went into my camp pretty much in shape. That was the best I've walked into a camp. And you could see it was evident in the fight. I was thicker, muscular, and I just had gas for days. I was just in shape. I trained two to three times a day, give or take, depending on the workout. But um, just like any other job, but just way more fun. <laughs> we spar twice a week, so... Um, the, the Monday sparring is more technical for me anyway. I like to make it technical. And the, the Saturday one is like the one I kind of try to simulate the fight a bit more, like live. But the Monday one still gets live, don't get me wrong. But just, yeah, yeah I like to try and get technical with it. Over the years, preparing for a number of fights, has there been any exercise or movement or even mindset that's kind of changed you for the better, something that's completely changed your game that you've held on to? Yeah, um, I recently started to do this breath work uh, training with my my guy, Dave Wood, um, in Auckland. He's from Piha in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a very unique guy and he kind of just gave me the red pill. But yeah, he showed me the way, he opened my eyes to the way we breathe and perform while we breathe. And just even living and breathing, because a lot of people mouth breathe, they don't even realize it. Just like, and they don't even realize they're doing that just naturally. They don't even athletes. So once he showed me, then I was able to unlock that. And now I just, I breathe. You watch the fight. I was tight lipped the whole time. It was all nasal breathing. I was, I'm, I went to gear three maximum. That I think was one of the biggest things I've done in the last. I, I started um for the last fight. So since I've been working with him closely for. Probably nine, ten months now. Yeah. yeah, you could see how dialed you were and also probably how it centers you breathing like that. Yes, um, and how peaceful you seem to be in the midst of the chaos that is a UFC fight. So, you know, where are you going in your mind during those moments? You know, what are you seeing? I'm present. I'm right there. I don't think this is one of the most present I've been in a long time in a fight. Maybe in the later rounds, I had two flashes of certain incidents outside the cage but then not the rest of it was present so i didn't lose focus so i didn't waver or anything like that because you can't have that happen in the middle of a fight uh, a momentary lapse of judgment can cost you gravely and you'd be waking up looking at the lights what do the five minutes leading up to your walkout look like you know where are you going mentally where are you thinking about five minutes leading up to the walkout put on my my Venom shorts and my UFC gloves. And I just kind of like, my, my walking wardrobe is like a, like a tunnel. So I kind of just had that activation as well. And I practiced it with that track. So that's why I use that walkout track, uh, Where You Come From by Buju Banton and um, DJ Khaled. And it was a banger, man. And it just activated me. So yeah, we've just finished our last hard pad hit out before we walk out. And then I'm just pacing around the room in my own pace. Zoning in, I'm just honing in to myself, activating myself almost, activating that 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 mode. You know what I mean? And then yeah, I just I've done it so many times now that I know how to like activate myself and get comfortable in it. So yeah, it doesn't take long for me. It doesn't take long for me at all. And then you get to the um, walk outside into the tunnel, and then you start to have the UFC you know staff letting you know you know placement, placement. Okay, we're walking thirty. And then you hear a track play, like, cool, cool. And then, you know, 20. And I've already drilled this so many times. And I've drilled it in my head with 10, 9, and a count of 6, 5, 3, 2, walk, 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 boom. And then you make that walk. And then I did my walkout before, um, seven hours before the fight. 
when I went to watch my teammates fight, I practiced my walkout and the, the prep point and the announcement just to kind of get a feel. Mm. So when I went out there, it just felt the same. It was just deja vu. How has your nutrition and any supplementation evolved over the years when it comes to your diet? My nutrition. Jeff knows I'm one of the healthiest people in the world. I'm vegan and gluten-free. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you enjoying a few things. Yeah, I get a run. Um, my nutrition, I'm not too... I like to enjoy life. I love to enjoy life. And, and you know, food is one of the great equalizers when it comes to this world. This is one thing I look forward to when I come to America is just the food. No matter how sometimes, you know, unhealthy or disgusting it is, I love it. Oh, my God, I love it. USA. USA. <laughs> I fucking love the food here, man. It's just, this is why I'm glad I, I have my genetics and my, my metabolism because I don't put on weight that easily. But if I, if I did, we'd have a problem. Big problem. Um, but yeah, I just eat whatever I, I, I want. I try this camp. When it, when this camp, I try and eat relatively healthy. When it gets closer, like three weeks out, two weeks out, then I start to like you know dial it down. Not with the portions too much, but with the cut back on the excess stuff, like the you know Uber Eats and whatnot. And then fight week, I have a nutritionist Jordy uh, from the fight dietitian. He's the guy, and he just kind of just makes sure. It's, it just takes the guesswork out of it because he's like a scientist with food and he knows what to put in my body to optimize me completely. Can you give me an example of something that maybe you wouldn't have tried by your own volition, but you know, you, maybe you're enjoying now or you can see the, the, the benefit it has? I'm a big boy, but let me see. What, what's Jordy? I'm just surprised with Jordy whenever it's fight week. I, sometimes I look at the stuff that he wants me to eat. Am I, am I allowed that? You sure? Because it, it tastes so good and it looks so good. And that's what you want when you have someone that's, um, you know, cooking for you, the portions as well. Fun fact as well, fight day, I tend not to eat. I eat, but I tend not to eat till, my, till I'm full. Interesting. My body doesn't like it. My body doesn't, doesn't like to be full. It just, it, it's, it likes to be starved a little bit. Uh, something primal about that. Like he'll see, he knows. This is Jane Goodall, by the way. He's the guy that just <laughs> watches me. Like his fucking study. <laughs> um, yeah. So he he noticed like, oh, see, so you barely touched your breakfast. I'm like one of those kids. Right. <laughs> he just goes, ah, oh, pick at it a little bit during fight day. And this is because my body is focused on other things. Eating is the last thing on my mind. I have to earn my, my kill, if you know what I mean. So I have to ask, mm-hmm. what does it feel like to get sent a, a dish from The Rock? Oh, that's awesome. It was awesome. And not <laughs> Can you describe it? He, he sent, um, this is that Brick French toast, The Rock toast. I think Brick's the company. I think that's The Rock Chef's company, if I believe in. Man, that first bite, that was just like, because I didn't even use a knife to cut it. I literally just used a fork to cut it. And then dunked it in that in that um cream. It was so good, man. It was so good. Honestly, it just melts in your mouth. And you you, you look at it; it's thick, right? It's got all the all the coconut flakes and all that, but it's just the softness for me. It was just the softness. It was so good. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, I want some more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that just brings me to. Um, of course. You've earned your way and then some in this fight game. And, and obviously, people are paying attention to the UFC now more than ever. Mm-hmm. You're one of the biggest stars on the UFC. How does it feel to have some of these people I'm guessing you knew of or saw their movies or their TV shows now coming up yeah. to you being a fan of you? Yeah, it's crazy. That's one I think um, it'll take a few meetings for me to get over is, is The Rock because I watched him growing up through the Attitude Era of the WWE and watching him on the mic just 
just spiking dudes, just fucking them up on the mic and then fucking them up with the rock bottom. You know, so for me, that I, I talk to him, I like to say he's a friend, not like we're saying we're best friends or anything, but like I consider him, you know, a good industry friend. He's he's cool. He's just a cool, humble. I've met him here in New York once. He's just a cool, humble dude. And he just seems like he's he's very level headed. And yeah, that one is one that'll take a while to get over because young Izzy still freaks out like. I'm just talking to the rock like it's nothing. Like he's just cool. He's just a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're coming closer and closer to that that film and TV industry. We already had some big deals, some big big offers come through. Even um in June last year, we had a, a big offer for a really, really, really big movie that's that's right up my alley. But then I didn't have an O one visa and I think you needed that to be able to you know, work as as an actor, and um, the, the company couldn't delay filming because I think if they delay filming by a day, that's 160k. So they had to go with someone else. It was a big opportunity, but I was like, oh, it's all right. You know, I'd rather you know he have it as well because yeah, it's it's all for the greater good. But then now I have my own visa, so. Yeah, just in case we have to stay ready. You never know. Yeah, stay ready for that for that exactly. role. Who would be some of the people you'd want to square up against on screen? On screen, fight wise. Ooh, fight wise. Uh, this was this was actually one of like a speaking role fight scene. I don't want to say because saying yeah, I don't want to be name dropping. But who would I square up against? Let me think. And this, no, this is a good question. Let me think. <laughs> square up against on screen. Uh, Tony Jaa would be fun. Tony Jaa from from absolutely uh, Ong Bak. And who else? Let me think. Let me think one more. Even The Rock, I'd like to screw up against him on screen. That'd be a cool. I can cool see fight that. Scene. Yeah, it's some kind of animated CGI superhero shit. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I love that man. Yeah, I know that the entertainment and in, in film and TV were some of the things that got you into this world and yeah. into this fight game. So, how are you continuing with new shows, new movies that you watch, things that you follow? It hasn't dwindled. I'm still passionate about just expressing in entertainment. Uh, I think I'm just an entertainer by by nature I've always been way before fighting so um yeah tapping back into my dance self a little bit and I look to link up with some dancers later on uh, during this trip make some TikToks or whatever yeah. some reels some is reels <laughs> yeah I just I, I like to entertain for me I like to bring smiles to people's faces even when I fight yeah. you see it's evident like I do quirky things like I beat Robin Rock Paper Scissors before the fight even begun I don't know why I did that but it was funny <laughs> you know and it's just some people people who catch those little Easter eggs I hope they laugh or chuckle when they see it because, yeah, yeah it's, it's fun to see. Absolutely. We talked about the anime a bit, you know, when we yeah. talked last too. Yeah, my favorite shows um, anime-wise, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender, uh, Naruto, uh, Death Note. These are all ones I've referenced. You can see through my fighting career. Toph is one of my favorite characters from Avatar. Uh, Rock Lee is one of my favorite characters from Naruto. That's where I got that pose from that is kind of synonymous with me now, the Rock Lee pose, the Rock Lee stance. And Death Note, even this fight, because, you know, I'm facing the Reaper. So I had to show him who the real god of death was. But this time I channeled L. I didn't channel the Shinigami this time. I channeled L in the beginning of the fight. Um, and those who picked it up, another Easter egg. Little things like that. It's just fun for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just, I'm playing to my audience and I'm not even like trying. I'm just literally just being myself, being my authentic self. So little Easter eggs like that, I hope bring smiles to people's faces. And for me, I channeled L in this fight because I knew I had to be smarter than him. And if you've seen Death Note, you understand the, like I watch anime because of the fight scenes, but Death Note has rarely any fight scenes. It was more about the plot twists mm -hmm. and the games that were playing back and forth and just like besting each other with their, with their minds. So for, for me, this fight, I felt like I had to be smarter than him. That's why I channeled L. 
as a character I was going to use and draw strength from. They're making a, uh, I'm sure you've heard the last Airbender TV series. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I heard about it. Is it live action or? Live action. Oh, really? Yeah. I can cameo in that. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure I can cameo in that at some point. You should be in that. Would you want to do a Naruto or 100%. TV series? Did, or? Um, yeah. Uh, even voice act. I just did back, uh, I was in Baki Hanma. Camomile lesson. I did the voiceover for that on the on the dub version, and that was kind of fun. That was my first, I uh, guess, foot in the door into the voiceover world. I'm sure I'll have some other productions that I'd like to do later on, but yeah, they'll come knocking eventually. Absolutely, man. You've been so dominant, man. Again, like you said, you know, being this last competitor for the second time. Mm-hmm. Who do you look back as actually the greatest challenge? Do you have that in your mind? Yeah. You know, who is actually Kelvin your- Gastelum was the greatest challenge that I had because in the moment he posed the greatest threat to me. He made me have to like rise above myself, beyond, and just dig deep in myself and find that fighting spirit that I knew was within me and I unlocked like the sixth gate or the eighth gate in that fight. It was just, it was a fight that changed my life forever. Do you remember when you were under the most adversity, the actual moment during the fight that you felt uh, most, you know, that you needed to seize and, and become your greater, greater self in that? That was before the fifth round. This is like infamous my career now. That was the one where, and this is the one where um, it was, with two two going into the fourth round, it's like some movie type shit, you know. Two two going into the into the fifth round, to a piece. Sorry, and you know it's it's about this last round. Who wants it more? And I remember looking across the cage from him and looking in his eyes, and I don't know if he could read my lips, but I said to him, I was like, "You're not going to beat me." I said, "You can't beat me. I'm prepared to die." And then I I, I yelled this phrase before we engaged, "Ayabiaku," and that means heart of a lion in Yoruba, in my native tongue. And that's what I did. I showed the heart of a lion and I just, I went, I went at him, you know? Um, and I, I didn't just say that shit for like, people would look at that and be like, that's a fucking anime moment. Mm. This guy's such a, such a protagonist in his own story. And I am. But when I said that, I meant that shit. Like when I said, you know, I'm prepared to die. What a glorious death. What a way to go out, you know, on a big stage. But again, if I'm ready to die, guess what? I'm ready to kill. So I was, I meant that shit because if I'm willing to give my life up, you're going to have to give yours up as well because I'm not doing this shit for free or it's not one-sided. So yeah, but the ass was, I went at him. It was a one-sided wash in the fifth round and that's how I solidified solidified myself as a champion. I feel like everyone has that in them. There's always a a moment in someone's life where they're caused to rise to the occasion, but not a lot of people take that, that, um, that calling. You know, a lot of people shy away from that because it's too much. It's too hard because even me in the in the fourth round, early on in the fourth round, you know, you, you get negative self-talk. You hear that that voice in your head just like, oh, you've done enough, you know, like uh, you rocked him. You know, you, you, you did that cool spinning elbow, you know, oh, you know, you've dropped him. You know, you, you look good. You look good. It's okay. You can just relax now. And I had to just say straight away in my, I was like, shut up. I'm busy. That's what I said to myself in my head. Literally, I was like, shut up. I'm busy. And I went at, I, I kept on attacking him because you can't have that kind of voice. Just like, it's, it's like, um, you remember him from Powerpuff Girls? Him from Powerpuff Girls. Like, and it has that sultry voice. I never, him, I was like, is he a boy or girl? It was quite androgynous. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the name was him. <laughs> Fucking hell. They were ahead of their time. <laughs> Holy shit. Him. That's a Reddit uh, right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Reddit, figure it out. Is him a boy <laughs> or a girl? Get back to us. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
that kind of voice, like real sultry, like it's okay. You've like you know what I mean? Just like 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 that cat in um Alice in Wonderland type right, vibe. Right. Yeah, but you just have to hey, shut the fuck up, I'm busy. And I went back to work. Obviously you clearly won all these matches. Yeah. But there have been a lot of flags raised about the judging. Do you have personal opinions as far as UFC Sexist judging? Definitely has yeah. uh, the commissions has some in the past some judging you know i haven't watched the fight yet so i have to watch the fight before i judge my fight and i'm always honest uh, you know you might sound biased but no i'm honest with myself i would i would the gaslam fight i was honest with myself saying i was down you know i wasn't down i was uh it was two apiece mm-hmm. so i knew mm-hmm. which rounds i lost this fight i have to watch back and then i'll give you my honest assessment on what i what i think it was but i knew i won the fight i yes. was not I, and then no doubt but when our hands were being raised i was confident but I just didn't want to be overconfident in that in that moment. So I was just like, just cool, be cool. But yeah. I just knew I won that fight. And I could see in his, his face, he was hoping, like, come on, please, <laughs> please give it to me. You mentioned, you know, flying back fists and things like that. I talked to a lot of, you know, stunt performers, you know, people yeah. that you're probably fans of as well. And, mm. and uh, you know, they always have that one move that they want to execute on screen. You know, do you have moves like that that you're still playing with to this day? Or or what's your favorite one that you've actually scored in a, in a actual fight? In the uh, UFC? I'm trying to snatch someone's neck, to be honest. And I almost <laughs> had to. I almost did uh, a few times in my career. I did Brad Tavares's neck. I had Kelvin Gastelum's neck. I could have had Rob's neck in this fight. But again, I just didn't trust my instinct at the time. I should have gone with my gut because um, it was all there. I had the moves ready. I've drilled it so many times, but I thought, just stick with the game plan. I should just go with my instinct, man. Mm-hmm. But this is hindsight, you know? Hindsight's 2020 and 40-40, whatever. But yeah, there's a few times, and I've just I've just been doing it in training, just catching people in submissions and stuff. So I just know when the time's right, someone's going to get snatched. <laughs> you come out on top, people are immediately trying to put you up against whoever you're going to face next. Do you have that in your mind right now? Or you yeah. just, yeah. Jared Cannonier, he did well in his fight against Derek Brunson. Um, and I already told him at the wins, you know, backstage, I was like, yo, please take care of this guy so I can get some fresh, you know, some fresh blood. And yeah, he, he obliged. He's like, yeah, man, I, I want, I want, I want that work. And I was like, yeah, you know, I like, I like a new challenge. So he did well, knocked out Derek Bron- Brunson. So I'm a man of my word and he's the next guy in line. So do you already put together a game plan as far yeah, as already, the, the victory? I already have a rough game plan in my head, but me and my coaches, I'm sure my coaches are already watching and stuff, but I already have a rough game plan, but eventually we'll get together and just share ideas. What's the music playlist? You know, what are you listening right to? Now, uh, it's eclectic. I yeah. mean, uh, Benny Bailey was one I was listening to on repeat right now called Mirrors. It's an it's it's a piano piece, no lyrics, no nothing, just like a a symphony. I think it's called Benny Bailey Mirrors, and that's one I've had on repeat. And it's just it feels like New York, like mm. old school, perfect for being in New York. It's this this is the vibe. I'd love to just kind of hear you know when it comes to what you do after a fight. I look forward to my shower. Like I said, that's like my my sacred ritual after after a fight, just because there's so much stimulus. Bah, 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 you get dragged this way. Medicals, okay, media with this person and this person. And you go see Megan and you go see Lauren and go to uh, a um, press conference and then go see the you know Australia and the Fox and this, ESPN. And then when I finally get to the shower, again, it's just all that, all the stimulus is just gone. And it's just you and your bare essentials and your thoughts. 
and I get to assess how I feel, how I'm feeling with myself, what is going on through my head truly without any outside interactions or any kind of like bullshit. So yeah, that's my favorite ritual after a fight. And then eating wherever I'm at in the world or what city I'm in. I like to try the local cuisines and just, just chop life. People want to see you in that octagon almost immediately after yeah. you fight, clearly. Uh -huh. So I'm sure recovery, getting your body assessed and, and making sure that all the pieces are, are working 100% uh, has got to be huge. So can you just tell me a little bit about, you know, your recovery regimen, uh, the things that you implement either during training and after fight? Yeah, I like to do prehab. So I have a massage therapist, a physiotherapist and a chiropractor that I see once a week during fight camp just to, because I'm 32 now, I know I look fresh, young, I keep myself, you know, looking good i uh yeah my, my body isn't the way it was when i was 23 and i still feel young don't get me wrong but i just know the way i recover now isn't the way it was when i was 23 like i could fucking be out till 5 a.m you know in the city and then have training at 10 and just kick ass and then go back to sleep but yeah i i just know even just your bones your, you know your, your flexibility i have to make sure it's it's, it's optimal so yeah having you know, regular checkups every week as like prehab. So rather than having to do rehab from injuring myself, I prevent that by doing prehab with those three different, um, you know, disciplines. Do you have any tools at home? I use the Theragun. Okay. Theragun's good. Yeah, I use, it's good to flush the legs out, especially after hill sprints or before hill sprints. Fucking hell. Those, they kill you. So the Theragun, you know, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that gets all those uh, lactic acid or whatever bullshit is in your, in your legs, just flush them out completely. So I like to use that. Can we just talk about hill sprints a little bit, what that adds yeah. to your game? Oh, uh, that's, yeah, the, we have the street um, that we've been going to for over 10 years called Air Street in Auckland. And that hill has created so many champions because it's no matter, you can't beat that hill no matter what. No one's beaten that hill ever in the history of Air Street. So the thing is, it's a, uh, it's a minute and a half running up it. And then you have, when, once the timer goes off, you have three minutes to get back down. Whatever whatever time you have when you get back down, that's your rest. And it's all on you. So you have to get back down before those three minutes. And yeah, each time, no one's ever gotten to, I've gotten close to the top before in like in, in a minute and a half, but never like to the actual top. And that's it. And I have like 10 seconds left. It was, it's a soul destroyer. What kind of temperatures are you guys doing that in? Uh, depends. Sometimes winter, sometimes summer. But this this time we did it in the summertime because that's where we're at right now. But um, yeah, it was yeah, the first round straight away. I just take my shirt off now. I'm just like, uh, it's no point because I'm going to take it off after this round. So just take it off now before I start. And then I get sweaty. And then because just, you just go up. Your, your body temperature just rises, just fires you up. And then you just... Yeah, it's it's pushing yourself. It's not really about racing anyone. It's the hill sprints. It's 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 it's, a, it's more mental for me, like pushing yourself past that barrier. I know where my, where I get my where I hit my first wall. Mm. So that there's an intersection, and I just hit that intersection. I know I've hit my first wall, so I can push myself more. And then there's the next intersection or like the next sub driveway, and I have to push myself. And it's just yeah, it's a motherfucker, man. 
what is it like to have those small victories where you're seeing that improvement every single time and, and getting better? That's the right word. Small victories. They all add up. That's that's the right word to use. It's those little victories because every time I do them and I get the small victories, it's like, yes, that's one in my back pocket. And that's me defeating myself. I beat myself. So I know I'm on. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Lastly, you know, you talked about the, the shirt off. I, I love the tats. I've, I've yeah. said it before, man. You know, do you have any others in your ideas or rambling around or are you yeah. done? No, no, no. I definitely do. But just thing is, I like I want I want to be able to train. So I don't want to have too much time off training, letting my tattoos heal because I don't want to train with it. And then, you know, hurt it while it's healing. And the great thing, the yeah. Best. yeah, you don't want you to get the best quality. So, yeah, um, after fighting, I'll definitely get some more. But right now, I'm just I think I'm covered enough. But I still, if I get time, you know, even while I'm out here on, on holiday, we'll see. Do you like, know where it's going to go or? No, I just, for me, I, I just, I feel mm-hmm. whatever. My tattoos somehow always reveal their meanings later on. Because like, what does that mean? What do you have Deadpool on your rib? What does that mean? I'm like, first of all, it looks dope as fuck. That's what it means. That's why I like <laughs> that tattoo. It just looks cool. It's just art. Yeah. So, you know, I paint myself up like a wall in the 80s, you know? It was a blast, dude. Always oh, great chopping up with likewise, you. Likewise. I respect you. I so love watching fun. you rise and uh, can't wait to the next one, man. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us in this week's episode of One on One. Don't forget to subscribe and check back in for more exclusive interviews. 